to me. Live from the Twin Cities, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. Welcome back to episode 287 of the Dave's I Know podcast, uh, the 4th of July edition. Uh, we have the regular crew here. Jess, how are you doing? I am above ground and sucking air. That is important. Important places, places to be and things to do. So, uh, MJ, how are you doing, bud? I am upstairs in some friends' apartments looking after their cats, fish, and plants, and I'm also above ground. All right. Very good. Very good. Well, let's jump into it. We have a couple of games. We have lots of soccer to talk about, actually. Um, a lot of Loons, soccer. Aurora, Minneapolis City. Uh, so let's just jump into it and get going. Uh, we'll talk very quickly about the Loons uh, friendly on Wednesday against uh, FD Kaiser Lauden. Um, I was at this game. Did any of you, anybody else go to this game? No. Just, no. No. Okay. Cool. No. Uh, I told you where I was going to be last week. I told our yeah. listeners where we were going to be last week, and you weren't there with me, David. To be fair, no one was with you um, because they played indoors. Um, <laughs> yeah, we don't have press passes. Um, no, watching. I went to, to Utapils and, and and watched with the citizens. So. Oh, nice. Very cool. Um, well, yeah. Unfortunately, I had to I had to play my own soccer game. They didn't cancel my game either, so I played. Over at Concordia, um, nobody wait, showed up. Wait, in air quality alert, you played at Concordia. Yes, and uh, and nobody uh, nobody from the showed up to watch me play, which is disappointing. Uh, my team won four to one. It was awesome. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so I had to scoot over from wait, there. But you allowed a goal? How 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 did they get one by you? I did allow a goal. I it was not my fault. It was my defense's fault. So, um, so yeah, so I uh, ended up uh, scooting over to the. Uh, Loon's game after my game. So I got there just a little bit after uh, kickoff. <laughs> so I missed I missed the Kaiser Slaughter goal. Uh, Terrence Boyd, uh, former U.S. men's international uh, player, scored early in the first half, I believe, in the fifth minute. Um, I did see both Song Bin Zhang and Mender's goal. Um, they got goals in the first half. Uh, the Mender goal was a great uh, great goal from a uh, great pass from DJ Taylor, and Song Bin Zhang just ran at dudes, and it was awesome. Um, so the game was 2-1 at halftime. Uh, literally as they were, as they blew the whistle for halftime, there was apparently lightning, uh, in the area, which delayed the start of the second half by almost an hour. So, um, Anna went home cause me and Anna were both went to this game. She's like, I'm not staying around for, um, you know, a second half with lots of, uh, little loons and things like that and waiting an hour for this game. So <clears throat> second half, lots of changes. Fred Emmings came in and played goal. Um, Royal Driscoll, uh, was it no, a no Driscoll. Um, it was with the, with the twos. He got his first, um, minutes for Minnesota United for the big team. Um, I think Pacheco came on lots of, lots of the MLS next guys, as well as, uh, the bench guys for Minnesota United came on, um, game ended two, one to the loons, which is good. Um, and it really was awesome to see Song Zhang and Mender get on the score sheets as they really, both really needed, uh, both really needed that. So 
Uh, unless you guys have anything else from the from that match, um, we can just skip on to Saturday and the Timbers. Uh, Loons four, Timbers one. This was uh, an interesting game, Jess. <laughs> I don't know your specific thoughts on it, other than that referee was uh, hot garbage. Um, and, man, it was uh, fun to watch Minnesota score goals. I would like to say that my colleagues in Section 111 – that keep track of referee at Loons games and what they did. I forget this guy's name, but their database on him said, waits too long to blow the whistle or exact any sort of discipline and control over the game and then just starts handing out a bunch of yellow cards. Well, he certainly didn't wait too long to blow the whistle, and he just started handing out yellow cards from the get-go pretty much, so... Sorry, Jess, you were going to say something before MJ rudely interrupted you? It happens. Um, I love this game. I love that we won. I love that we scored a lot of goals. I love the chemistry and that my little brother was there and the weather. And I was, are we not entertained? And <laughs> I was. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, so... Minnesota in the first half, in the 13th minute, Tapias got a yellow card. Uh, the 16th minute, Boxall got a yellow card for dissent. Um, I'm kind of curious to hear what he said to the referee that, that gets that, but that means he will miss the next match, this uh, matchup coming on Saturday. Uh, the 21st, Dotson gets a yellow card. In the 34th minute, DJ Taylor gets a yellow card. Yes, if you're counting, that is four yellow cards in the first 35 minutes of the game. I believe the referee at this point had blown the whistle six times. Um, and giving out four yellow cards. So it was pretty, pretty spectacular. Minnesota does get the first goal of the game in the 43rd minute. And it's a Diego Chara own goal, which you got, you love to see it. Love to see Diego Chara putting the ball in the back of his own net. Uh, this is a great ball from Reynoso across that Garcia was making a run into the box. Um, I think this pass is actually intended for Bongi on the, on the right. Um, but Mender Garcia was making a, making a play at the ball. So Chara, you know, he goes to defend it. He puts his foot out and um, directs the ball past uh, the Portland keeper, Ivacic. Um, it was a really, it was a very pretty goal. It would have been a really good goal for Chara if he'd scored in the Minnesota's net, but alas, he did not. Uh, and then a few minutes later, um, Reynoso with an Olympico, uh, which is, that's what it's called, Jess, when you score straight from a corner, is called an Olympico. Oh, I was wondering about that. I was like, did he make the Olympics? <laughs> yeah so it's uh it was a he creates the chance actually too with a, a great ball um into the into the portland box that claudio bravo has to put out for a corner uh he steps up and hits a ball and originally i believe um i believe the the on the broadcast they said that was an own goal against ivacic but they they definitely changed that because um that ball was going into the back of the net before ivacic had even it was, there was a sorry i should take that back um, Mender made a really good run. It was unmarked. And I think Ivicic thought that he was going to try and head the ball. Um, but the ball just, be, he basically sort of stepped out of the way. The ball went right past him and, and into the net, um, uh, for like I said, for that Olympico goal. I've seen Olympicos like watching live on TV, maybe two or three times. I think Michael Bradley scored an Olympico once for the U S men's national team. Um, but I've never seen one live in person. And that was a really fucking <laughs> Really fucking special thing. Yeah, so you had a great view of it. I did not. Well, no, yeah, I mean, down in the uh, 
but we were in the Wonder Wall, so we were opposite that 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 goal or that yeah. corner. But um, but you could definitely see it. It was it was very cool. Uh, so yeah, so Minnesota goes into the half two nothing up. Um, shades of RSL were kind of lingering for me. Um, we played really well. We controlled the game. I had the best chances. Um, and then, but you know, like you, we're still missing chances, right? I think Mender Garcia had uh, a couple of headers that went straight to Ivicic. Um, there was probably three or four chances that Minnesota had that were good chances that were that Ivicic and Ivicic made some really good saves too. I should also point out, um, especially on a, on a couple of from Mender Garcia. In the second half, um, Portland makes their changes right away. Um, they get out some attackers, and then you know it starts to get, feel a little feel a little sketchy there. Um, and then Portland, obviously, then of course gets a goal in the 60th minute. Uh, Frank Boley, the Ivory Coast uh, Ivory Coast player, international, um, gets a ball. I can't remember from who. Um, it gets Irwin to. I, I put down here some bad keeping. I think he just, or he, he was all alone. Erwin had to make a choice. He chose wrong and bully uh, put it um, to the near post in the goal. And then, so it's two one. Um, I should also say this is right after, and this is, this is not on Devin Padelford, but Adrian, Heath had just put on Devin Padelford for DJ Taylor. Um, and then of course, like literally less than a minute later, Portland scores a goal. So it's just like, Oh shit, here we go again. We're, we're going to, we're trying to, Trying to shut it down. Portland's going to come back. Um, so definitely felt that way, standing in the in the Wonder Wall. Uh, in the 65th minute, Ariaga comes on for Garcia. <clears throat> and then Minnesota gets another yellow card. This is in the 73rd minute, uh, Reynoso. I don't remember specifically this Reynoso yellow card. Um, I'm guessing he did something naughty. Um, and literally, like, less than a minute later, Adrian Heath gets a yellow card. Uh, this happened after there was a, a Portland... Uh, had put the ball out. Minnesota, uh, sensing that they had um, momentum and they had uh, runners, uh, make up, put a, put it, they pick up the ball really fast and make a throw. Well, in the meantime, a Portland player has gone down outside, outside the the pitch. Um, the referee in and Minnesota has has a break on right. I think um, mm -hmm. I think Valentin picks it up, throws it in, and, and plays it to Bongi, who's running pretty much practically unmarked. Um, into uh, into the box. Well, the referee blows the whistle dead. He blows the play dead um, with the whistle. The Portland player pops right up and is totally fine. Um, and then Adrian Heath, uh, <clears throat> I, I'm, at this point, I'm sure he has some very choice words for the referee. He gets a yellow card, uh, and then which means that he will miss the next match due to yellow card accumulation. Um, Jess, you're you're relatively closer. Did you hear what Adrian Heath said? Over there. Oh God, no, I'm not that close over there. Okay. But I did in the first half see our friend Gio Savarese fucking get real animated, running all outside his technical area. I immediately stood up and pointed and yelled, Gio, get back in your box. <laughs> see, and and then the couple next to me, who I'd never sat next to before, um, were like uh what was that <laughs> it was like mm, i don't want to talk about it <laughs> awesome well whether that was inspiring for minnesota or or what they kicked into another gear immediately after that yellow card about a minute later uh zurich valentine has an amazing long ball over the top uh that bongi is able to run on to he runs onto the ball 
right in front of me in the wonder wall and he slides it he, he slots it right past Ivacic. um don't think he got him five hole but he just he beat him uh near post i believe uh to give minnesota a 3-1 lead a very collective sigh of relief as we assume we weren't gonna fuck it up at that point um and then three minutes later uh reynoso gets his brace um it's from a bongi ball bongi tracks the ball uh, to the end line, he plays it across the face of goal, and then Reynoso is pretty much unmarked for a one-touch goal um, to get his second goal of the game. Uh, and then I guess the other last bit of news, in the 80th minute, um, Emmanuel Iwe makes his, uh, not his MLS debut, because he's obviously played for Minnesota before, but his t- first time playing with an MLS contract. We'll talk about that in a little bit. He comes on for Bongi to see the game out, um, which is great. I mean, normally when you think of Adrian Heath and, and playing defense, it's, it's not players like Iwe coming on. It's, you know, the Kalmans and Debassis, uh, the, you know, the defenders that are on the bench. I really like Iwe coming on late in games when we have to protect the lead, if only because that dude is fucking impressive um, uh, and, and, can, and can hold up play. Um, he's a good outlet for if you know, players are just trying to clear balls. Uh, he, can, he can take balls down. He can hold up play. Um, and, you know, uh, spark attacks with a, from a, a counter-pressing situation. I know, MJ, um, you raised your thumb there. I'm assuming you agree with that, that statement. Yeah, uh, too often the loons look to bunker too early. It is important that you play like you have a lead and you protect your lead and you play a little bit more conservatively. You don't need a goal. But part of that playing more conservatively can be with the ball on offense. Mm-hmm. You don't need to make those risky passes into the box. You can hold on to the ball. Let me tell you, it's a lot more tiring for the other team to have to play defense while you sit and pass and play keep away and hold on to the ball, looking for your right moments. You can be more decisive and more careful about which moments you choose to put the ball into dangerous areas. But, uh, yeah, I, I like the Loons defending with a better attack when they have a lead. It, and that chance to get more goals, which we saw in this game. Yeah, for sure. Um, anything else on the game? Uh, Jess, obviously you were there. MJ, I know you weren't able to be there, but uh, I'm sure you watched some highlights or things like that. I just want to say that uh, apparently th- th- there was footage or maybe not of highlight footage, but Bongi and Sang Bin were walking around after the game, and some of the Wonderwall supporters were chanting at them. Did either of you witness this? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, second round for Wonderwall, but we left we left shortly shortly after Wonderwall was done. So. I, I don't know what the chant was. I wasn't there. I don't know. It was if one group of fans would say Bongi, the other fans saying Sang Bin, and they turned in wave, but it was just a nice thing for their romance to like turn and acknowledge the supporters. Um, my understanding from having not watched the entire game, but just the little bits that I've seen bon- Bongi's increased chemistry with Sang Bin and his chem- increased chemistry with Reynoso are things to watch in the future. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> I'll say the, the, what so are that you alluding goal- to? this sounds pretty like nicey nice, like spit it out. <laughs> Chemistry, like bad chemistry, like tempers. No, Is no, the... good chemistry. Like they're okay. they're on the same page. They're on the same page. They're they're passing and sharing the ball oh. with each other. They they understand where each other is going to be 
or what the other person wants to do when you're they're on the pitch. Very conspiracy theory. <laughs> yeah, no, um, this is not MJ and on. This is purely MJ. You know, I know. This is me trying to say that the loons look you. like they're playing well together. And, you know, I think the most suspicious thing about all of this is that I'm being a positive Peter and not a negative Nathan about this whole scenario. Uh, so the goal from Boggy was his fifth of the season uh, in MLS. Um, so he leads the team in goals. And then the goals from Reynoso, that's his third goal of the season. Um, so he's second in the team in goals. And he's played uh, basically two and a half games for Minnesota. So uh, hopefully, like, like, to your point, MJ, the, the chemistry, they're practicing together. They, they're you know sort of anticipating passes. Um, they're antici- like Reynoso's anticipating runs. Reynoso finally has somebody who can, you know, I don't know how many times we watched last year where Reynoso would would hold up a ball, uh, deke a defender, make a brilliant pass, and then the, the runner was just not there. Um, yeah. More often than we like to, to, to remember, probably. Um, Lude was often there. Luis Amaria. Yes, Lude was often there. But he but, but even Bongi, was often not there. But Frank and, Apani, and They're from the same country and speak the same language. So Bongi was often not there for those passes. Um, yeah, no, he, is, he was not. He is there. He is getting there this year. And then um, Song Bin is too. That dude is, is so fucking fast. It's amazing how fast he is. And so if he can, they can build that chemistry. Um, obviously, we have Pookie coming in. If he can, if he can be the kind of player that the hold up, you know, um, you know, number nine that this team, you know, could use. Um, definitely, at, you know, as a change of pace, a different formation, maybe. Um, it would be interesting to see. So. Uh, as I mentioned, that referee was hot garbage. Uh, all in all, nine fouls were called against Minnesota. Five of them were yellow cards. So more than, so at 55% of the fouls of the whistles uh, against Minnesota resulted in yellow cards. Um, that's not even including the yellow card on Adrian Heath is pretty, pretty astounding uh, versus seven fouls called for Portland and only one yellow card. And that was in the, the 91st minute of the game. Uh, Lucas Spala is the name of the referee. Apparently he is... Uh, not only is he um, late to whistle and quick to card, he apparently is like the most uh, card-heavy uh, referee in MLS Pro. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. Maybe next time if we have that guy, um, the team should be looking at the uh, the referee scouting report more so than the, the opposing team scouting report. All right. And then the only other thing I want to say from the, that game uh, is that it's Grant Wall Day, or it was Grant Wall Day. Um, Woohoo! Grant Wall Day is obviously when we get our sixth win of the season. Goes back to the very first season in MLS history when Grant Wall predicted that we would be uh, uh, notoriously bad and only get five wins. The Dark Clouds uh, created a scarf that celebrated uh, Grant Wall in, in the Game of Thrones font. It said, you know nothing, Grant Wall, um, that we busted out the day we got our sixth win, um, which was at home uh, at TCF. It was awesome. <clears throat> And then, uh, and then proceeded to sell, uh, sell that scarf. That scarf eventually got to Grant and uh, his wife, uh, Dr. Dr. Gounder. Um, it's, I think, still on his Twitter bio. I think it's still the Grant Wall scarf is still like the, the Twitter uh, headline or, or headline picture or whatever, which is really cool. Um, but the Dark Clouds created a new Grant Wall scarf <clears throat> uh, for the occasion. Um, the North Remembers Grant uh, is the, uh, uh, the new, it's the same color scheme, same sort of font and everything. Um, it's available on the Wonderwall website right now. If you want to go buy one, uh, I would highly suggest uh, highly suggest doing that. They're going to go fast. Um, but yeah, it's uh, just always fun to celebrate that, and especially this year 
after you know Grant passed away at the World Cup in Qatar. Um, you know, we'll always remember. We'll always have Grant Wall Day. So cool. All right. Anything else from the game? Um, otherwise, we can jump in to our Freddy Adus. Nope. All right. Uh, MJ, I'm just going to assume you don't have one because you weren't there. <laughs> but I guess if you want to take one, go ahead. No, I, I don't have one. Uh, normally, okay. you know, in a win this dominant, I would like to give it to, you know, somebody in the center midfield or the defense that I thought was doing well uh, just to um, give them some props because they're often overlooked in a win when everyone's so excited about the passes and the assists and the goals. Yeah. Uh, Jess, who was your Freddie Adu for the game? Oh, gosh. You know, this I struggle with. Um, I don't know if it was this particular match, but I just feel like I've had recently a greater appreciation for DJ Taylor. And maybe it's because he's playing right in front of me half of the match. But um, he's, I don't know, I just feel like he's been better than I've given him credit for, maybe. So awesome. That's cool. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to DJ Taylor. My All heart right. smiles that you gave it to a defender. Yes, <laughs> thank you so much. You're I'll, welcome. I'll fucking say Reynoso. Um two goals, um an Olympico. Like, yeah, that's yeah, uh that's some sure. good shit. <clears throat> so all right. Well, let's move on. Jess uh, has a very extensive uh, post-match hot or not review. So Jess, take it away. Hot. Thank you, Portland. I feel like from my seat, that definitely looked like Mender Garcia's like full-on. He made that goal. But as usual, I can be wrong and distracted. And it was almost like more satisfying that it was an own goal. And um, Diego Chara's second career own goal, his first happened last season. Not hot. Blood-borne pathogens, folks. What the H or F, choose your own adventure, was up with that bloody nose? I think he might have a clotting issue. And why was his jersey so very bloody? And that's when it occurred to me exactly why I hate the rose kit so very much. Could have done them a huge favor and just said, like, when they were looking at prototypes with the marketing people and the vision board and the PMS swatches and just said, like, yeah, so... Uh, I love the digital rose vision, but uh, could we try it in a less menstrual color palette? That's why I hate those kits so much. They remind me of not feminine hygiene, and I hate it, and it's gross, and I'm sorry you had to hear me think through it out loud. Hot. Kervin Ariaga this season is not changing up his look to go all out patriotic and sticking to a natural hue, looking very classy and sharp in when he was subbed in in the second half. Cheers to Kervin's style bravery. Adorable. Bongo hookle long manes, breathe right strip. So relatable. I can't breathe practically. 
through my nose at a walking pace. It was cute. Irritatingly unattractive was the male season pass announcer commentator guy's insistence on calling out our boy paddle for furred. I can't even say it wrong anymore. It's just that easy. You just get into a habit. Kendra should have corrected him. On the, at least, he had said it at least four times. He could have been corrected and you wouldn't have been in the wrong, Kendra. And now what you've all been waiting for is a hot take from yours truly, my little brother, mine truly, anyway. Jess asked Josh, so how was your seating experience at this match compared to the Minnesota at Portland playoff visitors section? This is your brother. Yeah. Josh says, well, at least they're fucking chairs. I can't believe you guys let them, pointing to the Portland supporters, sit in chairs when they're here. And I said, I couldn't agree more. And that's the match. Uh, I'll, I'll say that it's actually the um, the smallest traveling uh, away Timbers army that I've seen in a, in a game versus Minnesota. <clears throat> um, They're losing they normally, have, <laughs> they normally have way more. I mean, there's actually there's actually a good fair amount of, of Portland fans who who live here. Um, when Minnesota was not in MLS, uh, a lot of play a lot of people adopted Portland uh, as their MLS team, and so they've stuck by them. So, <clears throat> um, yeah, I mean. It's uh, from what everything I've heard from from the visiting uh, supporters, Minnesota is uh, one of the better uh, stadiums to go to for away fans in terms of uh, just you know supporter engagement. Like you know we have our Dark Clouds is Wonderwall's drink ninety drink right. We're, we're friends. Then we have ninety minutes where we hate you, and then we drink after the game. So um, that's definitely been the, uh, the ethos of Minnesota Minnesota United supporters since before I was even a supporter. So um, <clears throat> that's very important. And it's very much uh, appreciated by every other team's traveling fan base. So, all right. Thank you, Jess. Thank you, Josh. That was wonderful. All right. <laughs> MN UFC 2, uh, MJ. Um, Timbers 2 was also in town. Uh, and the uh, doubloons uh, took them to town out in Blaine. Oh, and they took them more to town. I mean... And when I say more than a town, that's because Blaine's actually a suburb. It's a lot bigger than a town. Listen, uh, loons to the, the the twoons, I should say, start with a four-three-three. The front three: Emmanuel Uwe, Cameron Lacey, Cameron Dunbar. What a front attacking three that is! The sad news is that one of those three, Emmanuel Uwe, who we just saw play left in the 23rd minute. I hope that's because he played a lot in the Loon senior game and they needed to give him a rest and they only had planned to run him out for a certain number of minutes in the first half. But I am scared, like MJ Anon is scared and coming up with reasons why he had to leave, you know, and is it an injury? Did he piss off somebody? Does his teammates hate him because he's playing with the senior team more? <laughs> All of these crazy conspiracies and more, We I have no idea why he was subbed out in the 23rd minute. I'll just, um, I'll, I'll just say before you go, uh, there. I'm in a I'm in a Slack with some you know people who are very familiar with the MNUFC two team. Nobody mentioned anything about uh, him picking up an injury or anything like that. My guess is it was just it was just a uh, a planned 
25 minute or so run out. And that's why he came off at, at the time that he did. So but see, that's my guess. David, that's the problem. No one said anything and it's completely boring. That, that, ex- that excuse of him coming out just because that was planned is boring. And MJ Anon will just jump on boring and, and try to make it interesting for no dumb reason. Um, well, that is a very dumb reason. Actually, so, for yes. all the dumb reasons. I'm sorry. <laughs> I used my words wrong there. All the dumb reasons. Anyways, um, continue, please. In the 30th minute, striker for Timbers 2, Florian Monzon, gets a red card for violent conduct. I could not find a... Did you I, see this? I did not see it, but I I do know what happened here. So um, <clears throat> I can't remember who. So, so Monzon was uh he had, he had kind of had a, a, a semi breakaway um the 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 whatever the whoever the defender was the the tunes defender is my uh, it might have been it might have been Uche, yes uh he takes him down he gets a yellow card and rightfully so right and then he's standing kind of behind the ball but maybe about 10 yards from the ball um Monzon apparently puts the ball down and just rifles it right at the defender and hits the defender the the, the Minnesota United 2 player pretty much straight in the chest uh, and that's why he gets a straight red card uh, for for that for the violent conduct. So I did, I did get the uh, the lowdown on on why he got why there was a straight red card there. I'm so. so glad you know because yeah. we now enter into a new segment on this pod that both my co-hosts will love, and that is deep dives with MJ. Florian Monzon is from Argentina. He is uh, actually the son of Pedro Monzon. And while Pedro Monzon is not a household name, he should be. Why? Because he was the first player to ever get a red card in a men's World Cup final. He took down Jurgen Klinsmann in the 2018 World Cup final. And Pedro Monzon goes into the record books as being the first person to be shown a red card in a men's World Cup final. His son, doing the dad proud, Taking out CCUG or whoever it was, shooting shooting at a ball violently at another player in frustration. Yeah, don't do that. It couldn't have been 2018. You said Klinsman, right? So it must have been. Oh, sorry, I, I have the year wrong. 2002. That's more close to when it was. Thank you. Yeah. Or 2006, but, maybe. It was. Yeah, the World Cup with Argentina and Germany in the final. Sorry. Okay. Well, that's, yeah. Once again, I am wrong. Uh, this time, not on the internet. This time, on the podcast. No, that's all right. Let's keep going, MJ. Uh, we got three more goals to, to cover. Four, Yeah, four goals to cover here, so. Uh, I'll just sum it up this way. Uh, Royal Driscoll was heavily involved on the night. Uh, Pacheco, after coming in for UA, was heavily involved on the night. Cameron Lacey, new acquisition. He gets a hat trick. You know, wow. Pacheco is has the most goals for the Twins at seven for the year, but Lacey catching up. You know, he's doing well. Um, he gets a hat trick. The Twins win four to one. Was it four to nothing? Four to nothing. Four to nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Showing that you know they know how to take advantage when a team gets a red card and only has ten players. <clears throat> cool. Uh, their next match is Sunday, July 9th, this upcoming Sunday at 6 p.m. out at the Nessie again versus uh, the Real Monarchs. That is the RSL uh, second division team, so or MLS next pro team. So check it out. 
Uh, all right, some quick uh, other United news here. Um, if you didn't know, I didn't catch it. Um, <clears throat> the Minnesota United supporter groups. Uh, so not the Wonderwall officially, but the the three supporter groups that compromise that uh, make up the Wonderwall: Red Loons, TNE, and Dark Clouds. Um, we all created a shirt based on the uh, the design of the TIFO from Native American Heritage Night back in April. Sure, I purchased. Yep. I'm a merch whore. So we ended up raising because um, we 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 basically just paid the cost of the of the shirt. Um, Wonderwall covered some extra fees and things like that, um, and basically made eight thousand dollars <throat> that we were able to donate to uh, Walk and Tippy, which is a, a Native American um, indigenous sorry indigenous uh, I believe arts and culture uh, organization based in St. Paul, um, and. <laughs> We, we, we put together a big, we literally printed a big ass check um, and, you know, signed it and everything and had a, a, a sort of a check handing over photo session, chance to speak a little bit. Um, we had a couple of, uh, some news crews were out there, uh, including KSTP, which did a, a, a short video story on it. Um, KSTP, KS, sorry, KSTP, yeah, KSTP did the video story. Uh, Fox 9, KMSP did a uh, story on their website about it with some pictures and everything. Um, which is very cool. So congrats to uh, all three of the SGs. Um, I'll say I, I was heavily involved in writing the press release and, and coordinating some of the details. So um, it's very awesome to see um, see that happen. And eight thousand dollars is not is not nothing to sniff at. You know, it's it's a it's a sizable donation. So very cool. Uh, Ray and Bongi made the team of the week um, starting, uh, which is really cool. I think I'm sure Ray will be up for player of the week. So make sure to go vote for him. And also he's up, the Olympico is up for goal of the week. <clears throat> Excuse me. And when I was on Twitter earlier today, um, using up one of my 600 uh, tweets I can view, I voted for Ray's Olympico. He is currently in fourth place with only like 9% of the vote right now. So if you are on Twitter, um, go vote for uh, Reynoso's Olympico as goal of the week for MLS. Uh, we mentioned it last week. Cookie is officially signed through 2025. Um, uh, they made that announcement last week, official, um, with an option to go through the end of the season in 2025. And uh, so that's a great signing. Um, I'm sure they'll be, they, they have not updated anything on his visa, visa paperwork and everything like that. I think the team was hoping to have something no more today um, and hopefully have an official sort of press conference uh, announcement and then hopefully have him be able to play this uh, Saturday. He can't actually train with the team until all that visa paperwork and stuff is taken care of and the July 5th um, transfer window opening. So he actually can't even uh, train with the team until the uh, July 5th, but um, hopefully all that visa, visa paperwork comes through and he's able to start or play on, uh, on Saturday. Emmanuel Iwe uh, also, as we mentioned, Hey, 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 what can I say something about Pookie? Go oh, by, by all means, go ahead. So one, this is the second of the MJ I will really like this team a lot better, even though I don't like the, the team that much. If they get Pookie, I, I said two things in previous years, podcasts on, on this very pod. One was if they would sign a Korean, I would reconsider getting season tickets again. Uh, and that has now happened. And then I thought this was a long shot. So I just said, man, if they could get another finished player of the caliber of a team Pookie, like someone that obviously has good chemistry with Robin Lude when they play on the national team, man, that would be great. 
Well, now I look like an idiot because I thought these two things would never happen. I'm well. out of soccer profit. <laughs> I was being a negative Nathan. Now both things have happened. I'm out of excuses not to go to the games other than I have other soccer that I need to watch. <laughs> but I just want to know, like, this and MGNN is ripe with this sort of conversation. How many lies were told to Timu Puki? How many lies were told by Adrian Heat? How many lies were told by Mark Watson? What did Manny Lagos contribute to the falsehoods that got Timu Puki to sign on the dotted line? And most importantly, and what should be dissected more than any of this is how many lies did Robin Boot? <laughs> I mean, it's, honestly, I think that's the more the more important question, MJ. <laughs> I, these are important questions. Hey, MJ and hey, is going to want to. Don't forget Rasmus Schuler. He was a former yeah. Loon as well, so he knows he knows Minnesota. So I'm sure he did his research. I'm sure he talked to the people that he trusted, which were people who spoke Finnish, you know. And <laughs> all right, yeah, I hope he does well. Yes, I do too. Uh, cool. We'll talk. We'll talk a little bit more about him uh, next week. Uh, maybe if he's you know, especially if he gets some game time. So um, not much to say that we haven't already said. Uh, another signing, official signing, as you mentioned before, Emmanuel Iwe. Uh, St. Louis Park grad, St. Cloud State University grad, and Joy of the People alum um, signs a one-year MLS contract with options for three further years. Uh, he is the first <clears throat> MLS Next Pro player who signed to an ML to sign to Minnesota United. Sorry, not to any MLS team, but to Minnesota United. Uh, he actually, um, you know, was able to join Minnesota United through a open tryout that the team had. Um, and then playing with MLS Next Pro, you know, played really well, scored a lot of goals there, got a couple of call-ups to the, to the senior team um, for one-time, you, know, um, you know, player needs. And um, definitely, he clearly impressed Adrian Heath uh, in, this, in the coaching staff, both in training, um, but also during the games. He actually scored against Detroit City in the Open Cup. So he's already got a goal, not, a, not an MLS goal, but he's got a goal to his name for Minnesota United. So very cool for him. Very cool that it's it's a it's a local kid. He's obviously uh, you know I said if, uh, you know St. Louis Park, St. Cloud State, Joy of the People. Those are all you know extremely local uh, places here in Minnesota. So great to see him um, uh, get to get to the get to the big time. Yeah, and someone pointed out on Twitter that it might possibly be the first Minnesota college alum to play in MLS. Uh, those that know college soccer know that Minnesota doesn't have a D1 program up until recently when St. Thomas switched from Division Three to Division One sports. And so that has hurt. We've had a lot of Minnesota-born or Minnesota-raised or Minnesota high school players go on play in MLS. And by a lot, I mean not a lot, but a handful. There's, uh, there's, a, there's a surprisingly large number of Minnesota of Minnesota um, players with Minnesota ties. Either like I said, they... Yeah, yeah. They grew up here, yeah. um, or they play high school here, or they, you know, they played at Minneapolis City, but not. Yeah, you're right. I mean, because since because well, St. Cloud State plays Division Two, right? If I'm yes. if I'm not mistaken, so um, that's a good question. Actually, it'd be interesting to find out if that is the, if that is the case. If uh, I, I think it's highly likely that he's the first person that that played for a Minnesota college program that that went to MLS. Yeah. So I, I mean, and, and good on him. Like all yep. good local ball boy feelings for him. Because, um, Jess, you might not remember, we first saw him when we went to St. Louis Park to watch. Oh, no, I remember city. now. I always and turn he around. He was the best player on the pitch. 
I kid you not, he was the best player playing for Joy. We heckled him a few times. Well, um, yeah, because of those short shorts, what the F was that? <laughs> hey, don't knock the short summer. shorts. Alive yep, well boy, in St. Louis. Bye, summer. Bye, boy, summer. <laughs> uh, all right, and then finally, this uh, was put up by Soda Soccer, actually, your, your friends over there, MJ. Uh, yes. Here's a link with Tramier, Tramier Rovers left back Ethan Bristow. Um, uh, Tramier Rovers are in League Two. Um, which is the same league as uh, Wrexham. Uh, if you are, that you know, draws any any enticement. It's, it's the fourth division in English soccer. He's a 21-year-old left back who has represented uh, St. Kitts and Nevis uh, as a youth international. He is a, 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 so has dual citizenship with England. Um, so he's young. Um, he's a left back, so he would fit into the that uh, MLS uh, youth initiative signing if the um, team decided to do so as much, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's an interesting, I know it sounds like the team is willing to spend some money and um, this is an, uh, another player, he, you know, he would step in not as a starter, I would assume right away, but as sort of a, a backup for um, Jermaine, uh, sorry, not for, yeah, for um, Kamar Lawrence, but with the idea that, you know, he can, he can play here for a year or two and, and get some reps and then step in um, maybe in a year or so. So uh, yeah, anything else on Bristow, MJ? I feel the need to say that for those that aren't familiar with Tranmere Rovers, they are, yes, an English lower division club that plays in the Liverpool metropolitan area. And Right, yeah. It's one of, one of the few things that, you know, the Everton and Liverpool FC fans can agree on is usually, you know, if it's, let's say, a FA Cup match or something like that. You're watching. You're watching. You, we're we're all in, we're cheering for Tranmere. They're, they're the other Liverpool club. They're, they're the they're the second team for everybody in Liverpool. Um, yeah, yeah. either Liverpool or Everton fans. So for sure, uh, Jess. Is this true? Wikipedia says their nickname is Super White Army. They are in England, so that would not surprise me. <laughs> English. I'm just saying maybe that is old brandy. <laughs> yeah. Um, talk, <laughs> talk to New Zealand about their national teams. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. But yeah, yeah. there's a lot of things that don't translate from England to the United States. For example, when you beat a team really bad in England, mm-hmm. they say you whitewashed them. That wouldn't fly in the United States. Yeah. No matter how much painting of the shed you do that, <laughs> that that phrasing would not fly in the United States sports. Yeah. So, All right. MJ. Yeah. You have a, you have a once a loon update for us. I do have a once a loon update and I think this will be a particular interest to one. Just anyway. Um, when we last left Ibarra, he was playing for Charlotte independence. He is still playing for Charlotte independence. Recently, in a game with the Chattanooga Red Wolves, he had an assist to Joel Johnson. Joel Johnson is from Spain. You may ask, how does someone from Spain have the name Joel Johnson? And that's because his father is Liberian and his mother is Spanish. Um, This makes Ibarra's second assist in three games, both to Joel Johnson. So they're building chemistry. Uh, Charlotte Independents are in USL, not the EFL, not the English, but the United States, uh, United Soccer League's League One. 
And uh, Charlotte Indian fans are currently sitting in fourth place. Um, that is a playoff position. Uh, they are in fourth place out of 12. And they're about halfway through their season. So good luck to Miguel Ibarra. Keep getting on that score sheet. Keep feeding Joel Johnson goals. And we will continue to watch from afar. Cool. All right. Well, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we have uh, Minneapolis City, Minnesota Aurora, and the Austin Aztecs to to cover. So we will be right back. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to. But we both know I can't do nothing at all. All right, and we are back, and we have lots of lower division soccer to talk about, uh, especially in the USL. And we'll start off with Minneapolis City. Uh, Minneapolis City had their – they played uh, Bavarian United uh, and ended up with a 1-1 draw. MJ, um, any, any notes on this one? Uh, just two things. Dennis Mensah scores the lone goal for the Crows in Milwaukee. He tends to come on as a sub, but he's showing his chemistry with the attacking group that Paul Craig has there, and he's getting more and more minutes. So I'd like to see him starting not – coming in instead of one of the like uh uh one of the instead of one of the attackers but to, to work alongside uh because he he's looking really good off the bench but yeah Dennis Mensa gets the goal for the Crows and then afterwards they found a place to watch the City Futures game that was going on there wasn't a stream but assistant coach Derek Johnson decided to uh put his instagram to use oh so derrick johnson from from the 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 bench of of the city futures game was uh filming what he could so uh it's just a a delightful story uh uh who's the writer for uh minneapolis city david i don't know um he used to write for 55-1 I Spurs I fan, big big Spurs fan. <laughs> Honestly, man, I I have no idea. I'm bl- God damn it! Why can't I think of this guy's name? Anyway, uh, sorry, uh, someone's name who should be a household name to me. I can't think of his name. Anyway, he had, wrote a great article. It's at uh, mplscitysc.com. Go read that article about Carl Craig and the coaches, coaches and the players of the senior team watching the futures game. Uh, in cool. in I think the the uh, the beer house in the Bavarian beer house. Awesome. Afterwards. It's it's a great article, great Carl Craig quotes, but yeah. Cool. Um, so that leads right yeah. into the. Midwest well, let, let me before before we do that, let's I just I'll just let's finish up the 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 main, Minneapolis City main main um, uh, USL team. No, yeah. they have their their makeup match um, with. Uh, one of the Canadian teams, I don't remember even which one, if it's FC Manitoba or Manitoba SC or they I all sound the same. Manitoba. FC Manitoba. Uh, they, they make a match of schedule for Thursday, uh, July 13th at McAllister College. Um, yeah, at McAllister. And over in St. Paul. Um, yeah. I believe the start time will be 7 p.m., I would imagine. Um, if you want to catch a, a Crows match and you don't want to cross the river to Minneapolis, um, you can go watch them over at McAllister. Um, no word on yet on booze and, and coolers and things like that. I've done lots of things at McAllister, including <laughs> drinking on campus. So, um, 
in, and as well as uh, drugs that may or may not be uh, legal. Uh, so have a good time. It's uh, like McAllister. You get a you get a contact high when you walk on on that college campus. So let's put it that way. Uh, then uh, the other the other the other news and notes: Minneapolis Super Cup, the Minnesota Super Cup match. Uh, the next is, will be the, the the last home game of the season. Uh, that is on July 18th. That is a Tuesday night, uh, 7 p.m. versus Duluth FC, who are really good this year and top of the MPSL. So, is there any other um, USL Minneapolis City notes, MJ? Or otherwise, we can jump into the UPSL Midwest. Uh, other West. than uh, the writer that I was trying to remember was Kyle Eliason. Kyle, I apologize. <laughs> Kyle Eliason, uh, been uh, writing full time with Minneapolis City. Oh, uh, cool. a great Has a great write up um, about both the mainly the the game in Milwaukee against the Bavarians but also leading into that Minneapolis City Futures epic win cool all right let's talk about it the Midwest West playoff uh championship it looks like this was a doozy of a match um Minneapolis City Futures ended up beating St. Croix on pens 13 to 12 14 rounds of penalties for the for this one to be decided uh, MJ, give us the give us a little more of the breakdown. Well, first of all, uh, for it was a free game in St. Croix. Usually, when I walk up to Stillwater High School, they want to charge me money. So uh, it was nice to just mosey on in there. Also, I was coming really late from covering the Aurora game, so it, it was maybe the thirtieth minute by the time I I got there. But the I had got there just as city futures scored the goal so that was you know just fun and then of course longtime citizen Bryn told tells me whatever you did just go do again like maybe <laughs> you should go drive down to egan drive back here and you know like we'll have another goal very superstitious um as stevie wonder would sing so uh anyway uh the Crows did try to score again. They didn't just sit back and bunker. But towards the end of the game, they were bunkering. And when the clock turned 90, you could see them lose a little bit of intensity. You could see that that they're still playing out there, but they're they're waiting for the whistle rather than waiting to see what they should do next to defend. And that's a dangerous place to be because the uh, Carver, I forget his last name, for St. Croix just nails a banger. And you could say maybe all the defense in the world wouldn't stop it, but it, lo- it looked like people were falling off, not stepping up to him. So, yeah, you got to take some space away. But he he hits a banger in stoppage time. It's 1-1. We're going to extra time. St. Croix scores early in the second half of extra time, and they think they've now won it because there's only five minutes left to go. We're in the 115th, 116th minute. And St. Croix feeling like they got this in the bag. But in stoppage time of extra time, City scored the equalizer. <laughs> so we're wow. going to repeat. It was just nuts. It was absolutely nuts. And for the, you know, three families of City future players that were there, a group of, you know, an injured City teammate and his friends that play with him at Augsburg University, they were there. And then the four or five citizens that were there, you know, it, it was it was super fun for us, you know, just to get some free extra soccer. I mean, it, it was free anyway, but you know what I mean. It was extra <laughs> Yeah. Um, 
when it went to penalty kicks, I have heard of going through the whole lineup and still being tied. I don't think I had seen it live of seeing goalkeeper versus goalkeeper. I've seen highlights of goalkeeper versus goalkeeper, but seeing it live where it gets down to goalkeeper versus goalkeeper, both goalkeepers scoring each other and it's 10, 10, there was only one miss earlier by both teams. So, you know, it go- starts over again. Yeah. The, um, the, uh, the one time I saw it, that was actually Liverpool, it was Liverpool. And I think it was, I think it was Chelsea in the Carabao cup and they got to goalies and uh, Keevan Kelleher scored his, his penalty. And then the, uh, uh, I think it was Courtois. Maybe, yeah, it was no, it wasn't. Was it Courtois? They brought in. It, yeah, I can't remember who they brought in. Anyways, the, the Chelsea keeper just got his penalty. So I've seen it go to keepers. I've never seen it go past the keepers to, to start over again. That is a whole other. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. So uh, and you just like both teams are scoring. You don't know what's going to happen. Finally, some guy for City tries to do the goofiest and. and I've seen a lot of silly, goofy PK run, run up. And, you know, uh, I think Mayo Inakawa's the, the very slow baby step, baby step, baby step in the USLW last year. That's up there with kind of silly. Um, this guy does, I don't know if you want to call it the, the fake a leg break, but he does the kind of drop down to one knee, really thing it, and then picks his head up to see what the keeper's doing when he's dropping down. Well, he did that deep lunge drop down twice. And because he did it twice and took other steps in between, by the time he gets to the ball, he has to kick it. The keeper can see that he doesn't have any room to go left. He has to push it right. And so the keeper guesses right. But, you know, (laughs) yeah. So Daniel Linder, goalkeeper, makes a great save on a silly, silly free kick attempt or penalty kick attempt. And after that, Joe Swallen nails his second PK of the night um, in the shootout. And uh, Citizen Futures win. They now have two trophies on the year. They have the Midwest West regular season and the Midwest West playoff trophies. Congrats to uh, Jeremiah Johnson and all the staff at Minneapolis City. Cool. And then so they'll join the UPSL um, uh playoffs the, the regular playoffs for the, na- the national national, champ- play- national yeah, so playoffs, playoffs uh, they enter at the round of 16 i believe yep so and i have no cool. dates or locations we'll let you know uh when that when those are or hopefully they get a host a game or two um so yeah so we'll let you know all right let's move on to minnesota aurora they had another really great week uh four nothing over the green bay glory uh seven nothing over chicago city on sunday uh they end their season Perfect 12-0-0. I stopped keeping track of the number of goals scored. I know they've only conceded four goals this year. Um, The uh, I brought both my kids to the to the Aurora Chicago City game. Uh, It was very very cool. Um, And uh, until my daughter um, put her hand on the uh, uh, s'mores making place and then burned her hand in like the 60th minute of the game. So. Um, so yeah, so that was less fun, but, uh, had a good time. The cat rap goal in the, uh, Aurora, the Chicago city game, um, on Sunday or sorry, on Saturday was absolutely amazing. Um, the, I don't know if you guys follow the art, but make it sports, uh, Twitter feed, yes. um, the Minneapolis or sorry, the Aurora, uh, pregame cheer made it to the art, but sports Twitter 
Uh, it was a really Wickard's doing her very weird interpretive dance. Uh, yes. And, and they turned that into Arc of Mega Sports, and it was fabulous. Yeah. Uh, so check out the highlights. Um, they are, the, Aurora just continues to store, score amazing goals. They go to the USL uh, W Midwest Conference playoffs. Um, the It's the Heartland. Was it the Heartland, the Valley Conference? And I can't remember what the other Great one Lakes. is. Great Lakes. Um, then there's a wild card. Chicago City gets the wild card as the second, the the second best second place team in those three leagues. So they'll play at Aurora again um, in Flint, Michigan, 2 p.m. on Thursday, July 6th. I there it will be a a, a stream. Um, you go to the USLW uh, website, you can watch it there. I'm like 99% sure that Blackheart will have a watch party as well. Um, Indy 11 play Flint City, uh, who are the hosts in the second game later in the evening. I think that's six o'clock central time. Uh, Indy 11 put 16 on a team uh, over the weekend. I don't know if you saw this, MJ. They scored 16 goals. I did. Goals. I tweeted about it because they broke okay. the record this year. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. And then the quarterfinal is on Sunday, uh, July 9th. Uh, is that 2 p.m. confirmed? Um, yes. 2 p.m. Okay. central, uh, 3 p.m. local time. Uh, okay. Between- Okay, so ideally Aurora beat Chicago City, and then they'll be playing either Indy 11 or Flint City on Sunday, July 9th at 2 p.m. All right, moving along. Sorry, MJ, I know you've, you've, followed, you've been writing about Aurora. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about for Aurora, either, either the Green Bay game or the Chicago City game? No, but yes, and I will say that I am behind on writing recaps. For those that know me, it shouldn't be surprising, but I'm like, more behind than I'm usual behind. Uh, go read my recap on the three Wisconsin away trips. Because I was behind, one benefit is I got to interview Steven at the last home game and ask him what it was like going to Wisconsin and playing three Wisconsin games in a period of like five days. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, if you like bus driver Steven content or, uh, you know, you just hate my writing, Go read that recap. Recap three games and one. Um, you think my articles are long when I'm just covering one game? Um, actually, you, for those that wish there were less details, I really pared it down to get three games in in one recap, and uh, also new USLW power rankings in that article. Yes, um, I will say I I clicked on your article and I skimmed it. So. Um... Yeah, I mean, ring, ringing endorsement. You should skim it because it's the most Shakespearean article I've written ever. <laughs> All right, uh, moving. On. So yeah, so then, so the quarterfinals, like I said, the first two games, the round of sixteen and quarterfinal, are in Flint. Um, and people are going to ask, well, why is an Aurora hosting? Why is an Aurora hosting? We have the you know the best facilities in the league. Uh, that is true. I believe there is a rugby tournament in um, at that is being hosted at TCO this weekend. Or, or there's the dates won't work. So Aurora put in a bid to host, but they adjust, they move the dates. And um, the USL wanted all of the games, um, the finals to be done on a certain day. So on the ninth. So um, that is why Aurora didn't get a chance to host. Uh, pres- assuming that they, they make it to the semifinals, um, I believe Aurora will host, or will put in a bid to host the semifinals and finals as well. So possible we have not seen the last of Aurora at TCO, but. Um, yeah, they just need to win two more games. Keep it going. Uh, all right, let's jump into the upcoming match uh, for Minnesota United. That is on Saturday, uh, 
the 8th at 7.30 at Allianz Field. Uh, and Austin FC, the Austin, Austin, all right, all right, all right, they're coming to town. Um, who, MJ and Jess, who are we, uh, who are we looking at, worried about, contemplating, going to be making googly eyes at for Austin? Well, I know, I know what Jess's answer is, so Jess, you start. Well, my man, Ethan Finley, I only enjoy like watching the Austin FC matches an extra amount to see his face. And, um, and he's really been performing well for them, which both hurts my heart and makes me happy for him. So I will be making goo goo eyes through the um, fourth wall. <laughs> at Ethan Finley and reminding him how much I love him still. Of course. He's been playing really well for Austin the last uh, last uh, few weeks too. So. Uh, MJ, who uh, who do you got for, for Austin? Uh, their attacking midfielder, Sebastian Drusi, is really good. Uh, he is from Argentina, so he has a lot of similarities with Reynoso. He's from Argentina. He's a designated player. He gets a lot of money, um, and a lot of the offense runs through him. For sure. Um, also, midfielder from Uruguay, Diego Fagundes, whose name is still just so fun to say. <laughs> For sure. Um, I always love when Austin comes to town because I get to talk to Brad Stuver. Um, great, great dude, right? Yes. One of, the, one of the nicest guys. He actually was also – he also made the uh, team of the week uh, this week for for Austin for the MLS team of the week um he is a huge he's, Harry, he's a huge Harry Potter fan he's got uh the uh Harry Potter tattoos um he was when so Austin was the team that we were playing when I got um blasted in the face by Reynoso yeah. and Brad Stuver was the only one who like from either that asked me if I was okay um because I was you know it was during COVID um and so like you know there's not as many people in the wonder wall we had to be spread out and everything <clears throat> so i always have a soft uh, place in my heart for brad stuver i really hope at some point he gets a chance to play for for minnesota united um and he's just a really good goalkeeper so and like i said more importantly a really good dude but uh also a uh, pretty damn good goalkeeper as well um also throw out a another finnish player uh alex ring is oh, he's uh, important is a central defender, um, left center back for for uh, Austin. Um, although he went out, he came out early in the um, in their most recent match against Inter Miami in the 53rd minute. I'm not sure um, does for injury or or, Wait, or whatnot. Is he not playing midfield anymore? Is he is he in the back line? He's in the back. He's he's been playing the back line more more. But okay. yeah, he can he can play midfield. He can play in the back line. Um, very good with his feet. Yes, he's and very then, talented with his feet. Another name that is oh, sorry. Very yeah, I want to clarify for all, everyone screaming at their listening devices right now. You're a soccer player, of course you're good with your feet. I mean, technically, he can dribble and handle the ball and find pockets very, very well. Yes, uh, and then That's... another name that might be familiar for U.S. men's national team fans, uh, Jossie Zardes is a the starting striker generally for Austin. So. Um, there's lots of um, interesting players uh, on the team. Um, uh, Maxi Rudy, another Argentinian, um, 
striker not starting right currently for for Austin, but he can come in and, and do damage when he does come into the to the match. So um lots of interesting pieces. Uh Austin is currently sitting in eighth place uh in the table, um only two points better than Minnesota United FC. So um this is a really good opportunity for Minnesota at home. Um we only have two home wins this year so far uh, in MLS. So um, we norm- we need to do better, obviously. And uh, this would be a really great after last week's uh, demolishing of Portland to keep the momentum riding high, go and get three or so goals for um, against Austin and, and leapfrog them in the table. So is there anything else, uh, MJ or Jess, how we should think about playing Minnesota United? And I guess maybe... Let's make a prediction on let's let's assume Pookie ha- gets his visas and everything. What are your expectations for Timu Pookie? Is he is he going to start? Is he going to come on in the you know what the sixty fifth minute, the seventieth minute, the eightieth minute? What do you what do you guys think? Not start. I don't if he's want- cleared to play, he won't start. Mender Mender will start. Yeah, I want to see the same Mender, Bongi. Reynoso sang bin. Don't fuck with it yet, Keith. We're on a high with this chemistry that we still need to solidify and continue to nurture. So, like, everybody can be super fucking excited about this Pookie kid. I never heard of him. I feel like we had some good developments. Let's not lose sight of them uh so you both think that mender garcia should should start uh, um against austin i think i think they not only he should start but i think Heath will start mender garcia okay you think pookie comes on at all if if he is cleared to play by paperwork and the trainer and blah 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 i i, I bet he comes into the second half at some point because it's Heath, I don't know what minute that is, but you know. I'm so here. So here's the thing. I am assuming. I see this again. This is all assuming that the visas and everything go through. I'm not worried about his um, fitness. Uh, he was just playing for the Finland Finnish national team. He just got done with his um, uh, his championship season with uh, with Norwich City. So he, you know, assuming he hasn't had a huge drop off in fitness. Uh, but so I, I I tend to agree. I think. What should happen is Mender Garcia starts, Pookie comes on in like the 60th minute, um, and they they plan for that. And hopefully nothing rad- like drastically changes that plan where they need to you know bring him on earlier or whatever. Now um, I'm trying to put on my uh, uh, Heath hat, and <laughs> it's it's very tight. Does it look um, like a penis? <laughs> no, it, it it looks like a dunce cap. But uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> but Heath likes when he gets new toys, he likes to play with his toys. So guys, I would not be at all surprised if Timu Puki starts on Saturday um, instead of Garcia. I think the Ray Bongi song bin, I think that is, I think that's not changing, but it would, would you be shocked if Timu Puki starts on Saturday? Assuming again, no, no, I would not be shocked. Everything, which, so, which is why I think, I think there's a, I think it's maybe it's not, it's maybe not better than 50, 50, but I think it is a minimum of 50-50 chance that Timu Puki starts and maybe only goes 60 minutes. Because I don't know if Timu Puki has 
90 minutes in him generally um, anymore. Um, I know, I think with the last couple finish games, uh, like their one really competitive game, I think he started in one like 65 minutes. And then um, at the other game, I think he came on at halftime or something. So it would not surprise me if, if the, the plan is for Kuki to start, go 60 minutes, and Garcia comes on for that change of pace. Because um, Garcia, as we've talked about in the past, is really fucking fast. And that guy could, guy's got afterburners. So he yeah. can, and, and would you rather have him running at defenders that are tired in the 30th minute, you know, for 30 minutes at the end of the game, especially if the team is, you know, needs a goal um, or is trying to, trying to protect the lead and, and you know, needs a guy who can just run onto balls. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm not predicting that Pookie starts, but I would not be shocked at all if we're sitting at the, if we're at the black heart having pregame beverages and the lineup comes out and see <laughs> Pookie is at the top of the, the top of the starting lineup. So I'm just putting out there. I'm just making sure I want people to be prepared for the inevitable, inevitable possibility that Timu Puki. Yeah. I mean, that he loses they're paying him of good things that are happening when yeah. he gets to enjoy. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like he can't, can't help himself. So, um, all right. Well, gotta show think? off his wares, make us all yeah. feel like it was worth it. Well, and it yeah. never does prove that, you know, he's a, a striker whisperer, um, all that. So, all right. That being said, who do you think, uh, will, how do you think this game goes for Minnesota United? Um, who wants to start? I say we win 2-1. All right. 2-1 victory for Jess. MJ, who you got? Where is this game? It's in um, Minnesota. It's at Allianz. Um, I say it's a 2-2 draw. All right. I'm going to go 3-1 win for Minnesota. Uh, I think the team is finally, finally on the right track. So uh, I'm hoping, hoping I'm right. Um, I'd rather not be wrong, but here we go. Uh, all right. Um, anything else uh, around the world of soccer? Uh, other than Gold Cup's happening. Uh, U.S. beat the shit out of Trinidad and Tobago last night. Uh Mexico lost to Qatar, but they still Didn't won. Didn't they need to drop the score because Jamaica was playing St. Kitts and Nevis? Yeah, so it's like, yeah, they were they were tied on points, but um, U.S. had a I think had a three goal better goal differential, so they needed to at least match. You know, they they did have to beat Trinidad Tobago as bad as they did, um, but Jamaica was uh, beating up on St. Kitts and Nevis as well, so they also you know, needed to score goals. So uh, Jesus Ferreira got a hat trick, his second hat trick in a row, actually. Um, which again, you'll say, well, he's beating up on Caribbean nations. And it's like, you know, whatever, man, you just, you play who's in front of you. Um, and that's important. They need the confidence going in the U S will play. They won their group. So uh, they finished first, make it finish second. Uh, so they will play the second place team in group D, uh, which is currently being led by, uh, that's the group with Canada. So it's Canada, Cuba, uh, Guadalupe and Guatemala. Currently, Guadalupe is the top team in that group, and Guatemala is second. Canada is sitting third. Um, they have they have yet to win a game in the Gold Cup. They play Cuba uh, tomorrow, the 4th of July, actually. Hmm. Uh, and Guadalupe plays Guatemala. And so those two teams are on four points. Canada's on two points. Um, they have, uh, and I think the goal differential, Canada's at zero. Guatemala's at plus one. I think Guadalupe's at, like, plus three or something like that. So... It'll be interesting just to watch the Guadalupe and Guatemala game going on because if Canada, um, you know, if 
that game couldn't matter. It could not matter. Um, Canada could leapfrog both teams if they beat up on Cuba. Cuba has not won a game in the Gold Cup. Um, but the way Canada's and, and oh, I should also point out, Dane Sinclair will probably get the start for Canada tomorrow. Yeah, finally or today if you're listening to this podcast. Uh, Milan Borjan, um, he left the Gold Cup with some undisclosed injury. Um, he has looked very bad in the tournament so far. He looked really bad in the, in the Nations League final against the U.S. Uh, and then has looked bad in the two games that he's played so far. Um, so he left with an undisclosed injury. So it sounds like Dane St. Clair is in line to get the start uh, Tuesday. And then if they advance to the knockout rounds, to be in the knockout rounds um, and be the starting goalkeeper for Canada. So for that's a Minnesota United angle, um, which is super cool. Um, Malik Jesse Khan did not get any minutes in the World Cup, or sorry, in the Gold Cup. Uh, he played, the, he is the Minnesota United FC2 player um, who was called up by Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, Honduras is eliminated, so Joseph Rosales should be back with uh, Minnesota uh, this weekend, I would assume. And as I said, Jamaica uh, finished second in Group D, so Kamar Lawrence will still continue to be playing with Jamaica. So those are the, the loons in the Gold Cup updates. So, all right, well, this has probably been a little bit of a longer one. Let's end the podcast. Uh, rate review us wherever you get at, wherever you get your podcast. Um, Patreon.com slash Dave's I know at TDIKMN on Twitter. I'm at Texas Zeller. MJ is at MJ Matsui. And Jess is at Jessica1440839. Niner. Two. Give it the Dave's you know. This is Dave's I know. to try and work it out. Because we both know we can't do nothing at all. Long as you do yours, land here become feet, con. Yeah, uh, we, we yeah. do our thing, son. Through the act, we attract two, hope to reach one. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. Uh, we, we do our thing, son. Check it out, guys. GT.